Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 410. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me. More on him in just a second, but I've got, I'm just going to say, I'm going to call it an upgrade. No offense, Cole Coffee. I got an upgrade. I got Nolan King with me in the house, who's out here with me in Los Angeles, California, here to cover Bellator 290. Nolan, been a while. Cheers to you. Yeah, Good cheers, to see man. you, and uh, thanks for doing this, yeah, man. Yeah, it's great. It's, uh, it's nice to be able to link up again. I know um, it was a long period of time where... You know, we I didn't really run into you, and then seeing you in Vegas a couple months ago, and now here in L.A., this is great, dude. It is awesome, yeah. man. You picked a hell of a time to uh, yeah. get out of the Boston area where yes. it's a little chilly right yeah, now. Come out to here like to the warmer record, weather. Some record, you know, I don't know what record we're breaking here, but there, there's some lows this weekend that it's like negative eight one day out oh. there. So I picked the right weekend to get out of there, you know. You All did. the Uber drivers telling me it's cold here, but I'm like, Oh, dude, it's not. I mean, yeah. cold for L.A. You're like, bro, I'm coming from Boston. Yeah. Like, what are you even talking about? Uh, I just did the uh, I just did the exact opposite. I just made the exact opposite where you were smart to get out of the East Coast and head on down to the West and, and South as well. I actually just got back from Moncton, Canada, yeah. uh, where it was freezing outside, but uh, but had a good time, man. Did uh, my first show with Fight League Atlantic. It was Fight League Atlantic 7 out in Moncton, Moncton Coliseum. And, uh, yeah, snow on the ground. Uh, cold as hell outside, but uh, I I had shorts the whole time anyway, just because that's what you do. I don't actually own any pants, and uh, except for the suit pants to call fights. Uh, it's cold up that part of the way, man. Yeah, is that the coldest place you think you've been to? Like to yeah, well, you know what, man? Like on the time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. years ago, I would say in, in North America probably because we did like Sweden a couple times where it was like coming down, and then um, oh South Korea we did one time. It was super super cold as well. But, yeah, I've never been to that part of Canada before. But I'm looking forward to it. We're, we're, they're, we're doing six shows this year, and I'm signed nice. up for all six. Hell as long yeah. as they don't uh, coincide with CFFC events, obviously. I'm always going to give CFFC uh, first dibs on my services. But but it was cool, man. It's, it's so fun to go, like, uh, meet fans. That You know what I mean? Like, it was just old-school hardcore fans out there. You know what I mean? And uh, meeting them and, and being part of a new show that's that's, uh, that's dedicated. You know what I mean? That's why I really like the, the, the shows that are, like, just trying to – Carve out a little niche in their area, find athletes in their area, give people an opportunity to compete, you know, because, uh, man, through COVID and all that stuff, a lot of organizations went away and there's not as many opportunities. And you got these athletes, you know, we had like a 19 year old kid on there and these st- these studs that are this next generation, but they got to have somewhere to compete, you know what I mean? And uh, oh, it was cool to do something new, you know? Yeah, I definitely recommend it. You know, I'm sure uh, a lot of people, obviously, that listen to this are for some hardcores out there, but, uh, you know, for me, it's just, if you've never experienced regional MMA or just kind of gotten into it, like, follow it for a few events, it's it's it gives you a really good understanding of the sport as a whole, you know, yeah. the foundation. And it's, uh, it's fun, man. I think it, it gives you a new perspective and a new appreciation, and you know, to be honest with you, I'm sure there's regional promoters out there that are, you know, trying to in, trying to make some money or rip people off. But for the most part, I mean, it's a lot of hassle. It's a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears to yeah. go into these events. Uh, you know, with withdrawals in the UFC, you have a roster of athletes that are all the best in the world, and maybe you can pull from them or a bunch of hungry up-and-comers that are willing to sign a UFC contract. You know, that's what they've been looking for. But for some of these regional promotions, yep. you know, they lose their big ticket seller the week of the fight. What do you do? Stuff like that. So... Um, it's good to hear that that the the regional scene up in Canada is uh, is expanding as well. Strong man, I'm yeah. excited. Of course, uh, CFFC will get back to business uh, March 31st and April 1st. Our first two shows of the year, we're doing back to backs. I've already seen some of the card coming together, dude. It's gonna be 
it's gonna be stacked. There's gonna be some people that need to be featured in your on the doorstep yeah. feature. We got we got a handful Hell of yeah. them, so it's looking forward to it. Uh, life in Boston. I, it must be pretty good right now. Just before you got here, I know you were kind of running around. Uh, I, the Celtics were on. I don't I don't watch a lot of basketball, but they eked one out tonight. I think mm -hmm. it was uh, 45 points was the was the margin of victory. <laughs> so they just kind of got that one done. And I guess uh, sounds like the Bruins are, are like possibly like the most points of all time. Yeah, I mean, un unbelievable. I, I guess the Patriots aren't quite there right now. But it sounds like you got a lot of other things to go to. Yeah, I mean, my thing is like the Bruins have always been my team, and it's kind of like the you know, the ugly, what are they called? The ugly stepchild right. of the rest the of the world. The redheaded stepchild. Yes, that's the what I was duckling. Yes, I don't know if that was <laughs> politically those, correct. The redheaded duckling. Yes, exactly. The redheaded <laughs> duckling. To a certain degree, just because the Patriots and the, uh, the Red Sox were always so popular, and then the Celtics came along and they ex exploded. So the Bruins have always been my team. So everybody always says, you know, oh, you guys win so much. And we do. Humble brag. <laughs> we do win a lot. And I've celebrated all those championships, and they've meant a lot to me. But the Bruins are my team. So to see them kind of having this record year where they've, uh, you know, broken all sorts of NHL records and they're on pace to have the most points ever, like, out of nowhere. It's not like we were supposed to be good this year really? either. Yeah. So it was yeah, like a yeah. big surprise. Yeah. So we got a new coach, and he, he's been great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really uh, it's a cool group. So I've I'm, I'm got my fingers crossed. I don't want to count any chickens before they hatch, but I think – Something good is going to come out of this Bruins Celtics, you know, the, the winter season sports. Spoiled, man. You guys are spoiled up there in the yeah. Boston area, huh? Yeah, it's okay. It's a, it's a good thing in sports, <laughs> man. If you're spoiled, that's a, that's a huge compliment, you know? It is a good thing. It is yeah. good. All right. We'll briefly mention uh, Cold Coffee was originally planning. We'd, we'd do a little something here on Bellator. He'd do a little something on uh, USC Fight Night 218. But he's got a, a pretty serious uh, sinus infection, it sounds like. He's, so he's not feeling awful, but bottom line is he didn't go to media day today. So we don't have anything to report there. Um, I'm not going to throw my guy under the bus. He's my guy. But if there was a day to miss, boy, this sure is <laughs> this sure is a convenient science infection to miss this media day today at UFC Fight Night 218. Yeah, I heard he got it right around the time that the uh, the email went out with the schedule <laughs> that uh, this event will be taking place in the middle of the night. Um, but no, nah, but I obviously uh, hope Cold Coffee feels uh, better, you know, soon. Um, but this, if he was going to miss a week, uh, the MMA gods were looking out for him a little bit. Yeah, you know what's funny? So I had to make a decision. Uh, this fight card was coming up, Bell Tour 290, USC Fight Night 218. Obviously, I'm trying to travel less and trying to do more coverage from home. But really, I just thought about it. Man, network television debut for, for Bell Tour, a Fedor Emelianenko retirement fight. You know, it just... I was like, you know what, man, that would be that would be silly not to go out there because it's just LA. It's not like they're asking me to go to you know Uncasville to cover this or it's not cross country. It's a cheap flight, you know, and all that. So I went ahead and made the call, you know, a while back that yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do Bellator. At the time, I really hadn't seen the full construction of the UFC card, and I definitely didn't know about the late start time. Uh, but in retrospect, I'm uh, highly uh, excited that I made the decision to come here to Bellator, and I'll say. I mean, I don't think there's any argument, any question whatsoever. I mean, and I don't mean this as any disrespect to the UFC, but out of the head-to-head -head cards, like this Bellator card is is really the the bigger, more important one. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny you're you know listing off the the different reasons there. And I I had actually heard you're not covering the UFC anymore. <laughs> There's a little bit of that, yeah. too. There's a little bit of that, too. Cold, that may have been cold coffee from the grave telling me that I, in order for him to produce this podcast, that I needed to say that. Uh, but, no, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I think um, I think sometimes when we look at these head-to-head -head, uh, cards, you know, we look at Bellator, and if they have a very good card for Bellator, maybe sometimes we give them, I don't want to say unfair praise, but you, right. you kind of say, look, at Bellator's good, too. And they obviously are. They have a lot of talent. But I think particularly when you look at a card like this, 
CBS debut. You can't understate how big that it, I think is it is for the promotion, um, especially where a lot of the criticism recently has been that fans aren't able to view the product. 100%. So for them to put it in a place where everybody can view, you know, uh, the most amount of people that have ever viewed Bellator can view it. Right. F- fantastic. It's a great card to, to have that be the crossroads of the Fedor fight as well. Perfect. Um, and then they have some supporting acts that I think we'll touch on uh, as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's great. Three three fights. Seems like they picked some good ones, and obviously the, the main event is the uh, the big one. Yeah. It's historic, you know. And I'll say, too, for the, for the UFC card, uh, let's not forget what this was supposed to be. Of course, it was supposed to be taking place in South Korea. Originally, they had hoped to have a Korean zombie on it, which, of course, makes all the sense in the world if you're fighting in South Korea. That didn't work out, so the, they're left to scramble a little bit, which is why they moved it. It has the road to the UFC finals on it, which, of course, uh, is this, you know, months-long tournament of athletes trying to make their way, you know, kind of like the, the ultimate fighter almost, except instead of uh, exhibitions, it's actual fights. And basically, it's it's Asian talent that just a lot of people aren't familiar with. And, I mean, I think Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson, I think that's going to be a very, very fun fight. Uh, Marcin Tabura and Blagoy Ivanov could be one of those crazy heavyweight fights one way or the other. It could be kind of slow, but you never know what's going to happen. I mean, Derek Lewis, Sergey Zbiak. So, I, I guess it is important if you're trying to compare and say which is better, like it would be real easy to, in a, you know, a snapshot, look at these two cards and be like, bro, UFC slipping. They don't even care anymore. What is this trash that they're putting together? But I think you do have to frame it as for like what it actually yeah, yeah. was supposed to and, be. And I mean, we, I think people have kind of forgotten too. Like they're, before the pandemic happened, when the UFC was running shows all over the world, this would be something that we would, rel- you know, obviously uh, often experience was right. these cards in Asia. They weren't geared towards us. They were on in the middle of the night, essentially. A lot of times we would maybe have one or two people that would stay up and do the coverage for us. And, uh, you know, a lot of fans would wake up in the morning and maybe catch the last couple yeah. or whatever. And then granted, it's, it's a little bit skewed now because it's here and, and with the time difference and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a step maybe towards normalcy in a way where it's maybe framed in the framework of it being at the apex and it being in Las Vegas. Why does it have to be so late? Sure, the optics aren't great, but I think in the scheme of things, like the UFC does want to gear their product towards other countries, and they clearly put in the work with the the road to U- the UFC show, yep. putting a number of Korean athletes on this card. Like I don't know what sort of deals they have over there TV wise, but. Um, it's just I think it's a it's if this was something that they did carelessly or they did uh, this was going to become a regular thing we could complain about it but yeah I mean it, it makes it's it's not ideal but it's it's within the framework of what they were trying to do made sense you well know? and I would say too understand as well and I've always heard about this and we're not quite there yet and as you said we haven't quite even got back to normalcy yet but one of the visions for the apex originally was like look man we can fire up the apex at like three o'clock in the morning Vegas time. Like we don't need to fill it. And I know a lot of people have started to ah oh, man, it's crazy. There's no crowds and there's this. Look, I, it, Dana has said look, we're trying to get back to full crowds. We're trying to travel around. But that is one thing where the, where the apex can come in, where it's like they can do a show at three a.m. You know, in Vegas time. Don't have to worry about selling tickets. Don't have to worry about anything like, because they're airing it live somewhere else in another part of the world where you know they have a TV contract. Now at that point, I don't think you'd want to do like a full 15 fight card or something like that. But if you think about it, that's brilliant. Let's say you've got a TV contract to put something on primetime in South Korea, for instance, but it's just like three fights, four fights, something like that, but you can still bring it on and, and do it in the middle of the night. You're not paying a venue fee. You're not paying – because all your staff's on salary. Everybody's there. I mean, I'm sure they might not necessarily love the fact that they have to work, work, you know, work at 3 or 4 in the morning, but that is a reality of what the Apex can provide for the UFC at some point. No doubt. And I, I would have been very interested to see what – 
sort of uh, they they for a while there they were teasing you know yeah. we got boxing we come in here we're gonna do stuff in the day that can be streamed in Russia whatever so obviously the pandemic threw some sort of uh, monkey wrenches in that whole sort of plan so I mean I would be interested to see or hear what they actually had in store before that happened but. I mean, hey, that's my, this might be what's playing out for us in the future. Um, obviously, they're utilizing it for all sorts of things now. And um, it's certainly, I mean, talk about a blessing in disguise that that building <laughs> was functioning at the time that it was and they were able to still hold shows. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. Again, I, I try not to complain in MMA. You know, I think you say the same thing. It's, yep. We get to cover athletes that punch each other in the head. Some people get to look at numbers all day. We get yeah. to watch athletes. So um, I can't complain too much. I understand as a viewer the criticism, but uh, – Again, I don't think this was intentional. Just to point out, depending on how hardcore you want to be on Saturday, the Bellator prelims will start at 6 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. The Bellator main card will be 9 p.m. Eastern. The UFC prelims are at 10 p.m. Eastern, so there will be a little tiny bit of overlap, but not much of overlap. And the UFC main card is at 1 a.m. Eastern. So if you wanted to, if you were so inclined, you could essentially sit down and watch – I mean, 10 hours straight of, of mixed martial arts coverage, high-level mixed martial arts, with just that tiny little overlap. So, you you know, you just miss a couple of early prelims. So if, if people want to do that, they can. Um, I guess I'll ask you, you know, before we get into this Bellator card, uh, last thing, um, Derek Lewis on social media is looking slim, right? I mean, the maybes. I, I hate to say I saw some of his clips from today where he was, like, kind of hating the fact that people say – "Quote unquote," finally taking it serious or whatever, you know. But um, I don't know. I just again, I, we'll see what the weigh-ins look like. You never know what a what a camera angle or a lighting thing looks like. But it looks like he's kind of leaned up a little bit. I agree, and it's interesting because I felt like he kind of that whole persona of not taking it seriously. I feel like that was something he was really leaning into. I agree. He was often bringing up. It was something you know him mispronouncing his opponents' names or saying you know talking about his diet, whatever. I mean, that's that's who Derek Lewis has been, right? right? And so maybe he's taken it. It's finally just kind of hit that point where uh, the jokes have kind of got to him a little bit. Because I, I saw that too. He was fired up. He was responding to some criticism from D.C. Yep. And so maybe this is what he needed. You know, maybe, maybe he feels like his back is up against the wall because it's one thing to go in there, make a big payday, and know that there's another big payday on the other side of it. But at what point does the UFC say, okay, we're paying this guy a lot of money, you know, maybe it's just not the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. So for him, I mean, if he does enjoy this, maybe he doesn't enjoy the fighting or the training or he doesn't necessarily invest it in belts or titles or whatever, but maybe he likes his position as a UFC headliner who can – He's for heavyweight, he's pretty active. Mm -hmm. He's probably making a good amount of yep. money. Um, yeah, I think that maybe he realizes that, shit, I need a win. You yep. know, that's 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 I'm at that point in my career. So uh, he says he's been taking it seriously, and he looks like it too. I think you make a great point there because I'll be honest with you, Derek Lewis always kind of felt like that was one of those like psychological cr uh, crutches almost, where it's like, hey, I'm not really taking this serious. So if you, you know, if you, if you, if you're worried that man, I'm not, I don't know if I'm good enough to win a title, or I don't know if I'm good enough to beat some of these elite heavyweights. If you just go, ah, you know me, I'm just here. That then you know, if you don't make it, it's uh, it's all right. I didn't expect to anyway. But now maybe getting a little bit older up there as you said maybe the UFC's like hey man like we love having the fun entertaining guy but you got to win fights and you know he said it all along I'm doing this to take care of my family I'm doing this to provide a different life for my family maybe he sees that kind of window closing of those big paychecks and it's like okay I've kind of always given myself this crutch where I say I'm not taking it serious but now I need to show that I'm taking it serious even if always like do I really think like Derek Lewis was like never training and never care? Like, no, of course not. But it always kind of felt like maybe that was something for him to kind of lean on in case 
he fell short or something. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's actually funny. Um, I'm sure we'll hear it tomorrow from Brendan Ward, but he recently quit his job. Uh, and you know, he kind of was talking. I saw some interviews he was doing where he was saying, you know, uh, it was a grind. I hated getting up and working. Uh, in the I forget what he does, like a steel union or right. something, whatever, a steel worker. And he was like, uh, but at the same time, even though that was all true, he's like, I definitely hedged my predictions on my fights. You know, I, that was something I purposely put in interviews to make myself feel a little bit less afraid of mm. losing and stuff. So I'm sure we'll hear him say that tomorrow. But I wonder how often that happens. And for fighters, I honestly don't blame them either. No. Like criticism, you know, is a distraction. If, you, if you're good at handling it or bad, it's something that you have to deal with. You know, so if you have a, a, a tool in your toolbox, a saying, a, a, a mannerism, um, a, you know, kind of a persona that you put forward that's able to kind of alleviate that, I don't, I don't blame Derek Lewis yeah. for building. It was his brand. I mean, that made him – people loved him because he would say stuff like that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, maybe it just kind of hit that boiling point, and maybe we'll – I'm interested. I'm interested. You I'm know? interested. Yeah. I'm interested. If I, am I interested enough to watch it live? I don't know. Maybe I'll watch <laughs> it on Sunday morning. I haven't exactly figured out how I'm going to do the and a half episode this weekend. I don't know if I'm going to try to maybe record a little bit after Bellator and then wait for the end of UFC and record. I don't know. I've got to figure that all out. I mean, it's not that late. 1 p.m. Eastern will only be 10 p.m. here, so it wouldn't be that late. But I don't know. Got to see how it all plays out. Love West Coast shows. Dude, West Coast. Yeah. Is the best. I know you like living <laughs> in Boston. I know you, you got some great sports teams. You guys are great, but... Pacific time zone is the best for Yeah, I mean, just the whole th- – like, even the fact that the sport – like, the games and stuff here, mm-hmm. you know, I just – when I was sitting at MSG when we were there in November and it was whatever, 4.35 a.m. Brutal. I mean, it's just a huge difference from being 1 a.m. Yep. Like, 1 a.m. is reasonable. People go to bed, unfortunate situations, land – or having a really great night. Yeah. Land, lands you in bed at 1 a.m. It's not that crazy. If you're going to bed at 4 a.m., you're going to be hurting in the morning, regardless of what you did. So. Regardless. <laughs> Even if it was just sitting in a press conference totally, at Madison Square Garden. Totally. 100% right. All right, well, we're here both to cover Bellator 290. Uh, can't say it enough. The network debut, CBS. I think you're so spot on about this because I guarantee you, and I don't mean this again as any disrespect to Bellator or anybody, I guarantee you there's a ton of fans that haven't watched the Bellator card in a long time because it's been on this paywall. And it's this double-edged sword we talk about all the time with Showtime because they pay – so the money's there, and you need the money to help support. But I don't know how much their fan base is growing because how many people are paying premium channel just to watch Bellator? You know what I mean? Now, if it's part of a, a channel that has a bunch of things that you happen to like, no big deal. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's on this page. You know, everybody's paying for a la carte services now, right? But I don't think Showtime has a lot of programs that you tune into, man. It just I don't hear the buzz about this is on Showtime, that's on Showtime. So I think this is going to be – I think it could be – eye-opening for people, especially that maybe if they watch the entire card, of how much talent Bellator has. Bellator's roster, and Scott Coker said today, but he's 100% right, their roster has never been better, man. The lightweight Grand Prix that's coming up next year is stacked. Like, whoever comes out of that, bro, you got to start looking at them as where they stand in the world rankings. You know what I mean? Like, that's legit. Um, the, the talent level is better than it's ever been. But as you said, it, and it's not a new revelation, you know what I mean? Like, it's just been hard to watch for a lot of people. And I think this is a big opportunity on CBS for them to maybe get some new eyeballs, maybe catch a little buzz. You know you got Fedor Emelianenko in his retirement fight. That's a big moment. Now, the flip side of that, there's probably a lot of people that haven't like don't remember Fedor's heyday. You know, They don't remember Pride and don't remember all that. So I don't know how much. But if they do tune in and they happen to see the other two fights as well that are on the main card, even if they just watch the main card alone, there's going to be some action on there. So I, I don't know. 
I don't know that this is like make or break or like we're going to know the future of Bellator after what happens on Saturday night or after we see the ratings or whatever, but this just feels like a heck of a step in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. I think it's the opportunity that they've been looking for to be able to boost uh, their product back out there. You know, again, there's just inherent problems that come with it being behind a paywall, especially like you said. It's one thing if you're on ESPN+, Plus, which everybody has. Right. You, if, you, if you're if you an MMA fan, you probably have ESPN+, Plus th- this, Absolutely. This, at this point. Um Showtime, you know, I think if I went around and asked people, can you name two things that are on Showtime? I don't think most people could say that. And I, now I have Showtime. I've actually the other day I was looking at it and like I'm like, sure, there's some things on here like Ray Donovan's. It's supposed to be a good show. I or, watch I watch the entirety yeah. of Ray Donovan. It's a yeah. phenomenal series. Yes. It, it's been done for a couple of years. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. Like like I, right now out of out of the premium channels that I have, like I watch a lot of HBO Max. I feel like HBO has like a ton of stuff on there. So if they were on, even on HBO Max, there was like a bunch. I, I don't know. If it was something else in there, but you're right. I don't, I don't think they're airing anything like live that I watch. No. I mean, I watched Dexter for years. I watched Weeds years ago. So it's like I have partaken in Showtime programming. But right now, yeah. and, and I literally, listen, I, my streaming bill is ridiculous. Now I I just want I, I want to go back to cable, man. I'm paying so, I'm paying so many different platforms. We got we got we got Netflix, we got Hulu, we got I mean we got everything, right? But there's I don't think there's a single thing I watch on there other than Bellator. Yeah, and that's my thing. Like literally, I've had it for a couple of years now since I've worked for, for well since they've been on Showtime. Right. And um yeah, I've never gone in there to watch anything else, you know. And I go to HBO. Like I have, I pay for all these things. If, right. If I could exchange one of them, I would. If work's going to pay for, you know, Showtime, why wouldn't I just use that? And that's the bottom line. I think it's just a, a tough situation for them to be. And even when they were, you know, there was uh, a period of time brief where they were on CBS Sports Network, right. which at the time might have been even a new channel or it was something a lot of people didn't know existed. But yeah. it's a hell of a lot. It's it's one battle to get people to know your products on. It's another battle to get them to then pay money for it. Um, and that's, it's just been a huge struggle. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, uh, about the whole Bellator versus PFL debate, who's number two in the, in, in everything. And for me, it's like, I would argue still, I feel very passionate that Bellator has better talent. Right. But when you look at the fight game and the fight promotion, it's, it's, there's a lot more that goes into to the whole thing than that. You know, Conor McGregor's not the best fighter in the world, but he's the biggest draw in the world. So when you talk about best, what is, I mean, you can argue great way about to look what at that it. means. It's a great way to look at it. But, but it's, it's, it's somebody that's going to draw those eyeballs, gain fan interest. Um, and, I mean, bottom line is if fans can't watch it or they're not willing to pay the money to watch it, then the rest of it kind of doesn't. It's unfortunate. I'd yeah. love it to be merit-based, but just not the way that the world works, you know. I hope that they can get the CBS thing to like once a quarter or something like yeah, that. Like obviously great. not every – at least twice a year, minimum twice a year, hopefully like once a quarter. Obviously you would really stack those. The good thing is CBS is only asking for like three fights. So even if you're trying to stack the card, you don't have to like really give away a ton of fights that you would like to have elsewhere. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But I think it's a good step in the right direction. Um, it's on Paramount Plus as well, which I don't think – I don't know if I have – I guess I – I don't know if I have – I, I want – Tulsa King, I just finished watching, which is amazing, which I think that's – is that Paramount Plus or is that just Paramount? So there's some sort of merger going on too, right? right? Yeah. I saw some news this week. They're going to merge Showtime and Paramount Plus, I right. believe. So I don't know what that means exactly for this. But, again, it's it, it shouldn't be this difficult, right? <laughs> right. There's, there's a lot to of, watch the I mean, think about how many times – and this goes into our world. is like how many times have you gone – not MMA-related. Have right. you gone to a website and you're like, oh, they're making me watch a 10-second video. I'm not even going to – you know. I'm just going to X out of True. this. So if people get in this mental debate of, oh, I can't even figure out 
where this thing is or what I'm paying for. You know what I mean? Like that just turned, that's so many people that turn away at the door, Yep. Uh, which I think just proves our whole point here. 100%, 100%. So potentially good things. Uh, like I said, if you haven't been watching Bellator, their, their roster is better than it's ever been. It's deep. Um, but we'll see what this year brings for Bellator. All right. Main event, of course, Ryan Bader, Fedor, Emelianenko. Um, we, we had the, the press conference today. Um, obviously, Fedor is Fedor. He's going to speak in Russian. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be monotone. He's not going to give you any, like, huge gems or whatever. You're not expecting that. But um, even for me, the guy that's been doing this forever, um, and I know that you've had a chance to cover some Fedor fights, and even though he's 46 at this point, and um, I'll be honest, I just am favoring Ryan Bader in this matchup, uh, it's still kind of cool when he's in the room, man. I I just feel like he's still one of those. And it's crazy, man, because, like, we just had Shogun – wrap it up in the UFC, and, and now Fedor's wrapping up. I mean, this really, you know, we use the term end of an era, you know, I think far too frequently sometimes, but this really does feel like the end of an era if he's done, and it does feel very much like genuine he's done. Um, but I will just say, as far as just being in the room and and it being a Fedor fight week, um, that aura still means something. Yeah, there's very few, there's very few fighters that I get, like, I don't want to say nervous, right. but I, I'm like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm talking to a person. Right. You know, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. Yeah. And that's the way I feel with him. It's just he's got that presence. Everybody in the room, the other fighters, the promoters, everybody. I mean, he walks in. He doesn't. He's like the least assuming person there that probably doesn't want you to look at him. But right. he's just got that presence, man. And I think that's something that will never be able to be recreated is just those kind of integral mm. figures in the early whatever 20 years of the sport that had those R's. I, don't, I think that – People can talk about Francis, they can talk about Stipe, they can talk about Kane, they can talk about Fabricio as the greatest heavyweights ever, but I think in terms of having like a legacy and having that that just extra something that yeah. made him so special, um, you know, there's nobody in that division that, in my opinion, has come close to encapsulating that. I agree. So I was going to ask you where you stand on that, right? Because there's a debate. Now, some people say that Fedor is the greatest pound for pound of all time. I don't put him there, but I will say this. The greatest heavyweight of all time – now, it's, I guess it all depends on how you evaluate it, right? But one of the things that defines greatness to me is dominance over a duration of time, right? Like, you look at the run that Conor McGregor had, astounding, right? Fast rise to the top first, did a double champ, something. I mean, amazing, right? But would I necessarily put him up among the greatest of all time in either featherweight or lightweight? I don't know that I would because, to me, I think it's like you got to knock off – challenger after challenger after challenger. You know, I look at guys like Demetrius Johnson, who, you know, dominated the flyweight division for so long. John Jones, who dominated for so long. Um, Anderson Silva, uh, GSP, you know, all those to me, like all those names right there, when you have the debate over, you know, pound for pound grade or, or greatest in those divisions, that to me gets it done. And I think for that reason, Fedor's run, I mean, unbeaten for 10 years is is crazy. Now, you know, if you're an old school Pride fan, you know that yeah, there were some Zuluzinho matchups in there, and that was that's what Japan did, right? You did have, um, you know, some some freak show fights, if you will, right? But you also had, you know, a couple wins over Big Nog. You had Mirko Krokop, you know. You had, I mean, you had all. You know, the, the, I mean, obviously, everybody always remembers the Randleman win. I mean, you had some very big wins in there, and it is at a time. It's funny because I remember when they did. I think it was. I think it was maybe the 25 or 25 or whatever where they did like all these little short documentaries the UFC mm-hmm. did. And it was the first time I had ever heard because they were talking about the acquisition of Pride. 
where if you go back and watch it, and it was the first time I'd ever heard even them admit it, because I think Lorenzo was the one that said, you know, at that time, they were bigger than we were. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, I think us that watched all knew and that were around at that time knew that, yes, Pride was the bigger organization. They had the bigger talent. But I think that was the first time I'd ever heard actually like even Lorenzo, you know, say that, yeah, they were bigger than we were. And, and I thought that was cool to see. So to me, yes, he never fought in the UFC. Yes, there's been some amazing runs. And, and I think, too, it just has the fact that like the UFC heavyweight title defense record is so tiny. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's, it's, it's non-existent. So to me, I'm going to say it. I don't know, man. It, again, I'm an old schooler, so maybe there's a little bit of the nostalgia in there. But to me... I still think Fedor is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Yeah, and I think it's important, just kind of tail off that, like it's important for me to admit or just acknowledge when you don't know something. And I think the thing that I've always struggled with when it comes to covering the sport is that I have learned about the history of the sport to a, a certain point through you know reading or watching old fights. But there's certain there's cert- a certain something that you don't gain from not living through it. Right. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to have the proper context of a fight, the feel, what it meant, how good that fighter was at the time. Because, you know, if, if I tune in 10 years later and the guys that Fedor beat that were really good, I've also, also seen them get knocked out when they're old and stuff. Right. My, my version of history is a little bit warped. It doesn't have that same, uh, you know, mentality. So for me, it's been difficult. And, you know, I, I think that... It, when you look at the whole body of work, though, I mean, it's super impressive. It's it, it goes beyond just the the legend of the like I, the things that I just complimented him on the aura. It goes beyond that. Like he's ha- he has a resume that should 100% be in every conversation that we have about this. Um, and it, it, to me, you know, I kind of still, if you put a gun to my head, I would still kind of lean in the Stipe direction for now. Francis could you know go out and do. Well, I guess now we'll have to see what happens if he's going to become a boxer. But, you know, he, he could be somebody that would take that from Stipe. But I certainly wouldn't, you know, hold it against anybody if they pick Fedor. I wouldn't uh, even say that they were wrong. You know, right. I think it's a little bit of an apples and oranges debate. Yeah, when you're having um, debates like that pound for pound, Gray, it's, it, like it, it's so fun, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I think i got to recognize that uh, it's it's almost like – it was like when we were doing the the, fight, the uh, fighter of the year last year, and right. our, our whole staff was debating between Alex Pereira and Alexander Volkanovsky. And as the discussions kept going, I almost felt like it, people's uh, arguments were getting so exaggerated that it was almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was like talking about the other guy, like he was like nowhere in the ballpark. Right. And it's like that's always difficult for me to deal with, but. Um, yeah, you know, like, dude, it's a, like you just, it's a fun debate to have, yeah. but realize like <laughs> there's multiple right answers here, totally. right? <laughs> totally. I'm like, damn, these two guys had like two of the best years ever. But uh, no, I mean, I certainly uh, maybe with more history, history of uh, absorption for me and, and watching more old fights and reading more about the sport, you know, I might or maybe when it's all said and done, you know, maybe Stipe will fight five more times and he'll go on five, you know, or, or whatever. And I'll, I'll feel more comfortable with the lean and Fedor. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue either. It's a really, really difficult debate. The know? other one too, and when you have these conversations about greatest in division, greatest this, greatest that, is I do wonder too how fair it is. Like, like GSP is always going to hold up, right? Because he walked out yes. at the at the right time, right? Yes. Whereas like Anderson Silva stuck around too long, so like, but but you, I mean, I understand he stuck around too long. And he talked a lot else. Same thing with Fedor, right? Like he had those the the, the three losses. He had a couple setbacks, but. It's like I feel like you get to cut off that part where they were in their prime and say that guy. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? That guy. And the, the issue that you know you're just talking. I I feel like part of me is uh, you know talking about Stipe and whatever he does in the future because there's part of me that feels like I have a hundred percent of a television show 
and then I've seen 75% of a different <laughs> television show, and then I'm asked which show is better. And it's like, you know, maybe if you ask me this afterwards, when I look at Fedor's body at work, I might say, damn, that was crazy that even those end fights, he did what he did. You right. know? And that's the thing. I mean, he's had this nice little resurgence at the end of his career. Yeah. The Tim Johnson fight made me a believer a little bit again, you know? Like this like this fight, this matchup, him fighting for the title, yes, a little bit is about the fact that it's his retirement fight. It's the fact that he, what, it's what he wanted to do, which, by the way, Props to Fedor Emelianenko because, I mean, Scott Coker and everybody else were like, hey, what about a Josh Barnett? What about somebody? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's trying to give him options. He's like, no, I want the reigning champion. But I will say, when you look, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, if you were just making a fight based on rankings or whatever, like, he kind of earned his way back. He may not be the default number one contender, but, yeah, with the wins he put in a row, like, it's not like you're you're just giving him a title shot for no merit whatsoever. No, not at all. You know, I think he proved that the last fight. I know, you know, Tim Johnson's not necessarily somebody that was ever destined to be a, a UFC champ or anything, but, I mean, when that matchup was made, like, let's not have revisionist history here. I was... At the time, I was like, man, like, they're giving Fedor kind of a grindy heavyweight who I think was coming off an interim title fight. Yep. And I was like, this is too... As, as much as... Fedor in his prime would probably whoop Tim Johnson. I was kind of bummed that they made that fight because I thought Fedor was going to lose. I was like, this is the fight you yeah. want? Yeah, like it was <laughs> it was super risky. It yep. was stylistically bad. And then it turned out to be the best decision ever, you know? So I think Fedor still got some in the tank. And um, it'll just be a hell of a lot of fun to see one more on Saturday, you know? It's crazy. All right, so let's ask about that. So Ryan Bader, you know, asked him today. And it just goes to show again the aura, the the reverence that everybody has for Fedor. Like I asked Ryan, like, hey, I sure don't hear anybody talking about you know, what this fight means for Ryan Bader, what's on the line here. Like, it's all just Fedor's retirement fight. And I think that's, you know, easy to see why. And even even Ryan was like, hey, man, I totally get it. You know, like, I would I would do the same thing, you know. And, and it was kind of funny because he was saying, I like seeing these legends go out, but I'll, I'll play the bad guy or whatever and, and do it. Um, I don't think Ryan Bader is going to get caught up in the moment. I don't think, uh, you know, anything regarding that. I mean, he's dialed in. I think he knows what he's facing. I can't imagine – Ryan Bader, the veteran at this point in his career, even though he was able to win this fight the first time around 35 seconds, you know, four years ago, I can't imagine he's going in there thinking, like, I don't even have to train, like this, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think he takes things serious. So I, I favor Ryan in all this. Um, but I don't know. What uh, What do you think? Any uh, any any uh, shot that you give Fedor? Do you feel it's competitive, not competitive? What yeah, do you think? Yeah, I think if, if the Fedor that showed up last fight, who looked uh, very quick on his feet, he looked fast his hands were fast he looked so comfortable in there despite not being necessarily so active in the last few years if he shows up I think he certainly has a chance um and I'm usually the guy that's doubting that anything different will occur in a rematch right like I just I'm always whenever there's a rematch I'm always glued to the first fight I know it's it's d not necessarily you know we saw it with Kane and JDS where that doesn't necessarily always happen you know it's not repeat history all the time but for me uh, Fedor's kind of made me a believer again where I think he could win this fight. Now, will he? Will he? Do I th would I pick him to win? Uh, no, I think I'm going to lean with Ryan Bader. I just think, you know, at this point, Bader's just such a professional. Um, I agree. You know, sure, maybe he's on the decline a little bit as well, but I think that, um, you know, he's somebody that just he – has, he has enough weapons too. I mean, the first fight we saw what he can do with his hands, and if I'm Ryan Bader, you know, shooting for a takedown off the bat on Saturday – if I get on top of Fedor, you know, I, I think that that would be the best game plan. You know, I think going back to his wrestling roots, I just think there's too many things that he can use against Fedor, and, and I, I do favor Ryan in that fight. Co-main event, uh, 
I don't want to make fun of Chael Sonnen. I know so, what you're going to say. <laughs> I don't want to make fun Co- of Chael Kotov or I love Chael. Yeah. You did Kotov, then it was Koltov. Yeah. I, I, I get Anatoly Tokov, not necessarily the easiest name to say, but yeah. uh, I just had to laugh a little bit at that with the press yeah. conference. But Anatoly Tokov, Johnny Eblen, uh, Johnny who looked incredible last time out in winning the title, first title defense, um, was actually, I don't know, a little bit surprised to see that Johnny Eblen's like a minus 260 kind of favorite. Um Dude, Tokov is dangerous, you know, but Evan looks so good. And the other thing about Bellator betting lines is when I look at Bellator betting lines from almost all of them, like I feel like they're more competitive representations of what the odds makers believe they are because I, I don't think, you know, I feel like sometimes in UFC lines, you know, there's so much like that it's guy's like a star. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. There's, there's, there's a little bit of emotion there. And I yeah. just, with Bellator, like I don't feel like anybody resonates so far with the fan base that you're like, well, let's bake in the fact that he's a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't know. I was a little bit surprised. Am I often thinking that? I mean, Evelyn did look phenomenal, but Tokov has like looked pretty good in his run too, and he's got that stellar career record that you look at. It's shiny. I mean, uh, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's tough for me because I think Tokov's just been like the dark horse. Uh, what did we say it was? The redheaded. The uh, redheaded duck child. Yeah, the ugly, <laughs> ugly duckling. Whatever. Uh, he's been that for the Bellator middleweight division, and uh, he's been good for so long. He's been having visa issues. Like the division is changed and morphed and evolved and whatever belts have changed and he's still been like the guy hanging out there at the top so good on him for getting his shot in a, in a big spot like this um Johnny Eblen's last fight was just so good for me man I mean we talk about Bellator we talk about their prospect development their identification their ability to take these guys from zero fights and make them into MMA stars but to be honest with you I can't think of a better representation of what Bellator has sought than Johnny Eblen I mean AJ McKee got you know, was was probably the other one that would come to mind. Yep. Um, Alimale McFarland's another one. But Johnny Eblen, when you talk about those blue chip wrestling prospects, yep. I mean, there was a string there where Coker was signing so many of these guys, and a lot of them became contenders. A lot of them became very good MMA fighters. But for me, Johnny Eblen's like the guy that they were looking for. He was the one that ended up emerging from that whole class of wrestlers that they took. And, you know, more than that, I, I thought going against Gegard Mousasi – as a, a fairly inexperienced, uh, you know, guy in, in right. Johnny Eblen, for him to be able to to work Musasi um, both in strategy and ability was just incredible to me. So uh, I think when we talk about fighters that could hang with the best of the best in the UFC, I think Johnny Eblen has has started to make a very strong debate that you know at some point in time, if he continues this, we could be talking about having that debate about Bellator versus UFC head-to-head middleweight champs. You know, especially right now where there's kickboxers over there. Right. You know, you can make that sort of argument. But I, I do lean with Eblen. It's not necessarily a diss on Tokov at all. It's just I think this is Johnny Eblen is kind of emerging as as not just a champ but kind of a a, a star. You yeah. Know? Big spot for him, fighting on CBS, of course. Uh, a new champ, as we said, a, a new name to a lot of people. I think he got, like, uh, maybe one question today. At the, I, think, I think you asked him a question. That was maybe about all he got talked to today. But, yeah. I mean, when it's Fedor's retirement fight, like, I think you, you're going to understand, like, I'm probably not going to get a lot of attention here. But this is a real big opportunity for him to shine on a big stage, right, uh, on CBS. So we'll see if he can make that statement. And then the first <laughs> – the first fight, like, you know why they put that one on there, man. Like, Sabah Hamasi, Brennan Ward. Uh, I mean, I think the general consensus is that uh, this one doesn't go five minutes. I mean, they're just going to come <laughs> out banging. Uh, it is I, – I think I think this was perfect matchmaking and perfect card placement of, like, hey, 
we're coming on CBS. Let's hope some people tune in and uh, you know maybe they're they're watching us for the first time and then let's just give them some like insanity. Start. Totally, totally. You know, I think um, everything on this card is very strategically placed. They have you know Fedor, the legend, the retirement fight. They have Johnny Eblen, a, a star they're trying to build. So. When people watch Bellator again, they'll say, oh, that's the guy I saw the first time I watched it. Right. And then with this fight, I almost feel like it's uh, for people that are tuning in that probably don't know who any of these people are, any of the fighters are, to be able to see just the excitement level. This mm -hmm. is put on there just solely for excitement. It's awesome. I mean, it's a fight. They're almost like the same person in a lot of ways. You know, it's just they got that intensity, that kind of like reckless sort of style where it's yep. their, their own safety's out the window. Uh, this is like... If you were going action pound for pound fights that Bellator could make, this has to be like up there, top top couple that they could put together. Smart. I, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Put it right where it is. Uh, get fireworks to set off. And uh, I, I guess we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I guess overall, I mean, it's tough, right? Because like, does a ratings figure really? I mean, this is. It, it's weird because I feel like this is a good thing long term. I don't care what the number is. If the number is the worst thing, the worst draw they've ever had on network television, still going to be a better draw than they would have had on Showtime, right? Yes. So I feel like no matter what the number is, this is a win. But do you feel like there's any, well, it's got to hit this or this is good. You know, if I see this and I'm worried about Bellator moving forward, if I see this, I feel good. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't ever want to say, well, it doesn't matter. But I don't know. I just feel like this is a good thing. And whatever number they pull, whatever they pull, fine. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think – um, it's it's almost like uh, that question I almost don't have an answer to because I think the biggest thing is like I just want them to be able to do this again. You know, yeah. whatever that number is, I don't know. You know, I don't know what CBS's plan is, but I think this would be huge for the Bellator brand if their tentpole events were on here. You know, and it's it's you got to think about it too. There, it's crafted towards CBS. It's only two hours, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. three fights. It, they're going to have to be essentially done. You know, they they have a hard window. Got to go like out. You got to go out. You know what I mean? So. I think the product will be – that's going to be a whole other thing, too, is the pacing. Like, if they get if they get a quick finish off the bat, you know, Sabah and point. Brennan ends in 40, Which should be. 40 seconds. Which is possible. Then you got, you know, an hour and 50 minutes with two title fights. You can end up in a situation – again, the title fights make it a little bit better right. to play around with. You got the five rounds – Potentially with Evelyn, and but what if you? We, yeah, but what if somehow that one ends yeah, the first that two? Ends, that, then it's then we're in that situation where it's like the, uh, you know, Kane JDS when they fought on Fox and they had the one fight that was an hour slot or something, and it, the fight was whatever, fifty seconds. Um, so wild. You're so right about that. Like, yeah. I wonder what the right answer is there because because like, that that is a that's a big struggle for a viewer. You yeah, know what I mean, is like why are they playing another promo? Like, yeah. many, you know, and I think PFL obviously struggled with it. Um, but just when you have those those sort of hard windows that, and you have to predict the future of MMA, that's so that's impossible task. It's almost like, like even if you were running fast with the first two fights, like I almost feel like you'd be better served to just like go ahead and tee up the third fight, and then have like I don't know if if all three fights are done and you still yeah. got half an hour to fill, like play some old fights or some highlights. You know what I mean, like. Yeah. Because I, I feel like well, at least you get them in and, and, they, and they like it. And if they want to stick around for the, the extra interviews or the highlights or the here's what we got on tap, then they can. But, man, like you said, if, if for some reason you go quick in two fights and now you're like, hey, let's slow it down for 30 minutes until we're ready to go again. Yeah. Like you run a real risk of just losing the viewer. Bellator post limbs to the rescue maybe. No. I'm I'm just kidding. We were we were joking about that as well, but just uh, we we always like the the post limbs for everybody out there just has, have always kind of tortured us just yes. because you know we're trying to get in the mode of interviewing Fedor and then there's well there's shit we got to still tweet results and there's you know somebody has to watch on YouTube so um I, they would never do that but 
yeah, I think that that would be the, the play. I mean, to me, again, I'm not a TV person, executive or anything, but at least if you were to, to make it an enjoyable viewing experience for those span of three fights, maybe you could go to those executives and say, yeah, we, we obviously dropped off in viewership, but that was because the fight ended. Yep. You know, that was – and then obviously there's, you could explain why that happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, obvi- like, like just going back to it, I think if they could put those tentpole events on CBS, that would be so massive for them. Because I, I think that, that that's why – they have the best roster ever, but it yep. seems like their buzz is kind of I agree. Fizzled. It's got to happen. It's got to. Yep. Last thing I want to ask you about Bellator. Um, I, I did, uh, boy, um, I thought it was pretty interesting today because uh, you know I mentioned you know o- over the new year when uh, you know all the cross promotion happened with Rise, and I was like, hey, I love this. I mean, I was all in on it, right? I love it. The show was great, but I tried to warn people like, hey, just so you know, like this ain't exactly easy, and it felt like all of a sudden people were like this is the new era, like, this is what people are going to do, these promotions got to work together, and to his credit, Scott Coker, even at that time, was like, ah, well, you know, this is just a unique situation, me and Saki Kabara have this long relationship, and there was this opportunity, and now we're going to do it, and then you saw ACA come out and say, let's do it, Uh, KSW, let's do it, I think PFL said, let's do it, everybody said, let's do it, but boy, today, and and I tried to explain to people how difficult and challenging it is behind the scenes, but I thought today, Scott Coker really kind of laid it out there, more so than I think he normally does, because he's very just kind of like, yeah, you know. We'll but he kind of put it out there like, it's tough. You got broadcast partners and who gets the rights and who get, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know if we had this hope that this uh, co-promotion era for Bellator was coming upon us. Now, hopefully, I hope they can at least figure out an annual way to do the Ryzen show. But he even said like, well, I was talking to Scott. Like, I mean, who do we fight? We just went 5-0 and against you. Like, who would we even, you know? I thought that was interesting. Um, as excited as I was about that, it, boy, it really felt like Coker today was saying, like, guys, that was a special thing, but don't don't get too excited about this stuff happening moving forward. Yeah, 100%. It might be attributed to him having to be asked that question at every single interview <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing you got to think about is is the, the, the broadcasting rights, I think, is just the biggest that's thing. The I think part. that's the biggest obstacle, you know, finding – you got to find essentially an organization that doesn't overlap with you, you know, right. or maybe it overlaps uh, maybe slightly with, like, a fight TV deal and some, something, you know what I mean, where uh, at least it's not the main – uh, pay-per-view source for whatever the promotion is. So when I saw like KSW come out, I was kind of like, okay, that's one that I could see. Yep. You know, there's not a lot of overlap. They don't have yep. a TV deal here. They do mostly online pay-per-views on their own website. Yep. Like maybe that could be a, a decent option. Um, but outside of that, I mean, a lot. I mean, ACA. I'm not sure that he wants to get involved with the political side of things there. I think that would be smart. PFL. I just think has been hyped again. That number two, number three debate. I understand that would be cool, but I just that's never going to happen with right. the, the deals that are going on. So it has to be a really correct circumstance. And I think Scott Coker, you know, he's kind of an old school guy, old fashioned guy. He has that relationship with Ryzen that he knows what he's getting himself into. Um, sure, it's a little risky, but at the same time, it's a little safe. He knows he knows what to expect. So, right. um, yeah, I think that uh, it's cool that they do Ryzen, but I also think uh, with us MMA fans and media, we're always looking for something more, right? But I think we might be at the happy medium right now. <laughs> that, the fact that we got one is a miracle just, enough. Just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you nailed it. I mean, obviously, the, 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 um, the live airing, obviously, the television rights is used, but then it just goes even a thing like, who gets the sponsor space on the mat? You know what I mean? Who gets all that? Like, oh, I've paid to cut. You know what I mean? There's just so many of those little business decisions that people just don't think of that you'd love to be able to be like, ah, oh, come on, we can figure this out. But it's like, bro, you got a lot of contracts in place, a lot of money at stake. And so, yep. I don't know. I, 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 I got that cold water today. Just like, nah, 
that's not happening anymore, yeah. man. Yeah, and it's interesting because I had seen some like tweets that Saki Kabara was saying something uh, in the last week or so about how they're already talking about doing it again. Right. And so, you know, I, I'd heard Bellator is going back to Hawaii in April this right. year, and, and Scott had talked about maybe trying to do a cross-promotion at some point with them there. But I wonder coming out of, like, a, a, a – an event where you went 5-0, and oh, where some of the champions that maybe Ryzen would have brought back to go head-to-head with somebody else from Bellator, um, you know, are coming off losses. I, I almost wonder if, if the, the year's the, the right move for this specific yeah. time. Hawaii would be cool. Super you know, cool. There's a, geographically in between totally. the two when, locations. When we went out and they put Horiguchi on that card uh, yep. in April last year, there was a good amount of Japanese media out oh, there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it seems like a, a decent flight for them, but it's closer than a lot of the stuff that they have to go, that they would go to otherwise. So, um, that would be a cool idea, but I think that should be something for down, you know, a, a time where you're not coming off a five. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Ryzen's going to want to kind of build their guys back up, right? They took losses, and that was the, kind of a risk that we talked about going in. Is your guys are coming off losses now? What do you got to do with them? So we'll see. Um, all right, listen. Uh, last thing I'll ask from you: any names that you got that you're that you're you're excited to see most, or that people? I mean, it's a it's a lengthy undercard for sure. Um, but again, I do think if you, if you want to tune in, it's not a bad one to tune in because they put. I mean, you got some ranked fighters here on the prelims. Uh, personally, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared to say it. I'm knocking on wood here that my man Max Roshkoff gets a gets a fight, man. I know he'd had some issues or whatever, but are there any, you know, names or or, or matchups or fights or just people you want to see? Anything that you would identify that, you know, here's somebody you need to watch this weekend uh, because again, I do think this is a big opportunity. I think the, the talent is better than it's ever been in Bellator. But I think it's less visible than it's <laughs> than yes. it's ever been as yes. well. And this is a chance for maybe some people to tune in, especially knowing it's not going up against the UFC card that you're going to want to tune in as well. Um, so this might be a chance for MMA fans that haven't watched a lot of Bellator to get uh, reconnected with the product. Yeah, one one thousand percent. I agree with everything you just said. I think in terms of people that I'm excited to see, anytime Lorenz Larkin fights, it's fun, you know. And I think um, he's been with Bellator for a while, and I feel like it's kind of almost a rare occasion that we get to see him fight. I know he's kind of. Uh, it sounds like he's kind of particular. He, he likes the right matchups, uh, you know, exciting stuff. So it's nice always to have him back. And it's a rematch of a fight that was a no contest yep. um, over the summer. So uh, that's a good fight. And then in terms of prospects, I think I don't know if I can call him a prospect, but um, I saw Ali Isayev in the in the uh, the lobby, and yep. that's a big dude. Um, yes, it is. He's a, a very talented wrestler that was the PFL 2019 PFL heavyweight Champ. champion. Yep. Has had uh, some issues getting matchmaking and whatnot. Um, good signing by Bellator. It's it's hard to find really good heavyweights out there. Um, I think that he, he's one to watch. He can make a real impact in this division, uh, especially depending on what happens on on Saturday. If Fedor wins and rides off into the sunset, you're going to need some contenders to step up and and fight for the title. So um, he's somebody. And then also, I think that um, uh, Jalen Bates versus uh, Jornel Lugo is mm. is kind of a new age Bellator matchup. Yep. Two guys that they took crafted. And they're putting them heads to head, six yep. and zero versus five and zero. So uh, I do lean towards um, Jornel Lugo in there. I think he's, uh, or excuse me, uh, eight and one versus six and zero. Sorry, yep. but still, like two guys that they they brought up on the, um, you know, from from their start and kind of crafted. Um, I think that, that those guys are both uh, have bright futures. And yeah, then, and not waiting for him to go like fifteen and zero or sixteen and zero before you totally. finally put him against and, somebody. And, uh, right. Diana have uh, Zaragova too. Yep. She's fighting Lara, and this is her. It's a huge step up from uh, you know some kind of regional talent that Bellator brought in to, to have her fight. You said something there that made me think of one other question, and it was brought up today, and it seems like an obvious question. Like uh, somebody just said, "Well, hey, if Fedor wins, what do you do with the belt?" And Coker was like, "Well, we just crown a new champ," you yeah. know. Like, we, and he did say, um, "You know, I think we do a contender fight first, and and not just go straight to a title fight." But what would you, you know? Obviously, this is a company that prides itself on Grand Prix, right? Like, would you? 
put up a Grand Prix for the belt, like or w- rather than just like select random people. Yeah, John Morgan, book it, man. That's that's, what that's I the best idea that, right? that I've heard in a while. Even yeah. if it was a four-man, like even if you didn't want to wait a whole year. But I think even if it took a whole year, an eight-man Grand Prix like they've been doing, like it, there's no arguments, right? Because like you said, like Aliesi, if he wins, I mean – but then like it yeah. does feel like maybe you're randomly selecting a couple people. I think, you know, and – you know, now, there's, there's the, one problem I see, just one. Okay. I think the timing is going to be tough because I know they don't like to run Grand Prix on top of each other. That's that's what I was going to ask because yeah. a the financial thing. If are you, do you want to commit a million dollars to it? Which that's not. I mean, that's not backbreaking money for the promotion, but it's not insignificant amount of cash. But what you just said, that's the thing is they they don't like running concurrent Grand Prix, right? Because they feel it clouds the message of each Grand Prix. Yeah, it makes it less special or whatever. Right. I know Scott's talked about that before, but I don't. I mean. Hey, who knows if somebody gets hurt? Whatever, you know, maybe they wouldn't. They w- wouldn't hurt them a ton to have the the belt just kind of on hold for a little bit. Um, or maybe we won't even have to worry about this. And Ryan Bader, who has not been mentioned enough this week, uh, <laughs> will go out. Th- <laughs> we'll go out there and so win. He's, I know he's closing in on like the all time record yeah. of like the longest uh, title reign yeah, in Bellator yeah. history. Yeah, right? He's, he's he's such a pro though. He's just one of those guys. I feel like uh, there was a pe- having followed his career from the start, essentially in the UFC, like. It's just been cool to see uh, him evolve like mentally as a fighter yeah. too. You know, I think there was a, a period of time where he was like getting knocked out a lot, and he was, you know, kind of that perennial like number four light heavyweight, and you know, DC was bark chirping him at yep. the press conference. There was just kind of a lot of things, and I feel like since he came to Bellator, he's just like c- kind of doesn't care. You know what I mean? And and it's really you've seen it in his I performances, agree. and um, he's just such a pro. Like it's you know, it's it's the same thing that like Corey Anderson. Now obviously Corey Anderson, I think, has been a lot more vocal about it, right? Where he's like. I just feel so much more comfortable here. I don't have to do certain things anymore. Like I'm, um, I think Bader fits that same cloth, right? Where it's just like this was a good fit, and you know, the U- again, it's not to uh, talk bad about the USC or whatever, but like the, it's a pressure cooker, and 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 you got to go out there and you got to promote, and you got to, and the, you know, it's the biggest stars and this and that. And if you're not the greatest at talking, and you're not the greatest at like necessarily marking yourself in that way, and uh, boy, I, again, now I'm sitting here saying we need to talk about Bader more, but I thought Fedor's <laughs> answer today when when somebody asked him how he wanted to be remembered and he was like well first as an orthodox christian um but uh, secondly you know for my skills and thirdly as somebody that got it done um just through my fighting not through my trash talk not the way things are And it's just like yeah that's fedor right never talked bad about anybody like never never made it about that it was just like let's go out and have a have an athletic competition and yeah. see who wins yeah and i mean f- promotion and like uh, promotion, the fight. Obviously, this is the fight promotion, but I mean, in terms of fighters getting opportunities because of the way they promote fights, will always be a part of the sport. Yep. But I think it's special to recognize the stuff that is pure and the meritocracy and the respect that comes with fighters that recognize it. Uh, and I think us hardcores know that, but you know, maybe it doesn't extend past our bubble sometimes. But in moments like that, it was cool seeing um, Bellator had shared a clip of of Fader, Fedor and Bader running into each other yesterday. And it was it was just so, like, it wasn't for the cameras. It wasn't whatever. They just both were like, yo, what's up? And you could tell they knew they had business. And I felt that same way at the press conference today. Like, yeah. both of them were like, well, it's cool to think about it down the line, but, you know, I got this guy. I got this guy. And, and so I think Fedor is somebody that's always had that mentality. And, and um, yeah, I just I think there's a lot of respect both ways. And I think, uh, again, it's not sexy, but – for me, I, I really appreciate seeing that, you know. Yeah, I agree. Crazy, man. History, yeah. the end of an era for sure. 
Uh, Nolan, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I know you got a lot man. going on. I know there's some frosty beverages maybe waiting down at the hotel lobby. So <laughs> that's maybe what you we told go. me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. Maybe we should go holler at everybody. Uh, sorry we didn't get more of USC Fight Night 218 breakdown from Cold Coffee. Uh, hopefully he's getting to uh, feeling better. But, hey, if you haven't watched the Bell Tour in a long time, maybe this is the one to tune back in. If you're old school and you just want to feel those vibes of Fedor Emelianenko, if you're new school and maybe you just haven't been able to give it a shot because you didn't want to pay for Showtime, I get it. I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't. Uh, make sure you tune in, of course. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we will have an and-a-half episode, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Appreciate everybody that supports us over there. Uh, still going to figure out the logistics on that. Maybe I'll do Bellator as UFC's happening and then come back and do a little bit more after UFC's over. We'll figure all that out. You know we'll take care of you. In the meantime, we'll just tell everybody, thanks for listening.